Thanks for joining us. It is always game day in Cleveland. He is Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. We are talking Browns, and it doesn't matter when, whether it's June, May, or the middle of January, we are talking about this football team. And there is so much still to talk about this week as we get into the money game and what's going on with your Cleveland Browns as far as cap space, what they're spending, how they're spending, and, man, I would love to have Jimmy Haslam's checkbook and just go to the mall for a couple hours because that sounds fun to me. Daryl, David Njoku signs a deal. Uh, he's no longer franchised. He's been extended. And what does this mean for this team? And what's the deal? Yeah, Njoku is going to be a top five paid uh, tight end, and the uh, the National Football League gets at least $28 million, uh, guaranteed uh, money coming his way, a little over $56 million in total. An average of uh, just over $14 million per year. So good money if you can get it. Great gig for Njoku, uh, who has yet to play like a top five tight end uh, in the NFL, but he's going to be paid like it. And uh, the Browns obviously view him uh, in that light. This is a player a couple of years ago, uh, as we all remember, wanted out of here, <laughs> requested a trade, then rescinded the trade. Uh, ultimately ended up getting franchised uh, this year after they failed to come to terms, and then uh, they go ahead and they, they get this contract extension done. But you, you're 100% right. Would love to have Jimmy Haslam's uh, checkbook. Not uh, sure how much is left in the bank account because he's been writing a lot of checks involving a lot of dollars and a lot of zeros this offseason. But add David Njoku to the list of players who got paid by the Cleveland Browns this offseason. Daryl, let's go through Njoku's story here in Cleveland because I think you brought that uh, you brought up the part about, you know, he wanted to get traded. Now we find him in a, in a position where he's going to be here long term. I, I think part of that, and I'll see if you agree or not, is that this is a system that you would love to be a tight end in. Uh, Kevin Stefanski loves utilizing the tight end. There's no question about it. How many times do we see the three tight end? Uh, situation. I do wonder, though, with Deshaun Watson coming into the fold, if the tight end's role will be what it is. And and you also have two quality, unbelievable running backs. And, um, you know, and I, I just – I wonder how much of this is timing for David Njoku because Kevin Stefanski is the head coach, because Kevin relies on the tight end so much. And now it seems like they're pairing back to, hey, let's have one star – tight end rather than paying for a couple so where does that where does that flow into the mix of 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 Kevin Stefanski in the offense well I think Joku benefits uh, from right place at the right time um, I, I don't see them going with this three tight end offense going forward uh, partially because they brought in uh, Deshaun Watson that has always been one of my uh, arguments if the tight end is so valuable then why do none of them really explode uh, and put up uh, dynamic production for you uh, and the response that I always got from the Browns was well if you take uh, the the position group and you put the numbers together you end up with those uh, elite numbers Um They've got to use Njoku now, right? I mean, if they're going to pay him this kind of money, which yeah. it's not my money. I, 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 you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell fans this is a bad deal for the Cleveland Browns or it's a good deal. Uh, I think ultimately if he does what they are projecting him, because that's what this contract's about, Andy, is this is his pure projection 
on the part of the Cleveland Browns. And, and the hope is, you know, similar to the Miles Garrett uh, contract extension that he got a couple of years ago, five years, $125 million. Uh, he changes agents uh, this offseason, right? And he, right. he'll he be entering the first year of this new extension. So does that mean that Miles Garrett's going to be looking for a restructure here uh, rather huh. soon and, and, and more money? I don't know. But I do find it curious that Garrett changed agents this offseason and he's going into just year one uh, of that extension, which will be uh, this year. But, you know, when that contract was signed at the time, it was a record deal uh, for a defender. And then a couple of weeks later, that got wiped out and superseded, which is often the case in the NFL. And I think that that's obviously going to happen with Njoku here. Down the road, uh, if he does what the team projects him to, we're going to look at this contract as a bargain. The other part of this, too, is is the salary cap is expected to blow up. So I, I know a lot of fans are, are living in the fear of, you know, how the, the Browns cap all of a sudden is going to become very, very tight. Right now, not an issue. They have plenty of room and uh, salary cap space to burn, uh, and this particular contract should do very little to impact that. But as we go forward here, we get into 2024, 2025, 2026, things potentially could get tight. But as uh, I often remind fans, the salary cap is a myth. It's like fairy dust in the wind. And if you've got a good capologist, you can always uh, manipulate that. But yeah, to me, this contract is all about a projection about where he uh, they expect him to be you know 148 total catches for just under 1800 yards and 15 touchdowns over five seasons with the Browns those numbers don't jump off the page but when you watch what he has the ability to do physically for you and that is dominate in the red zone this contract makes total sense now it's on Kevin Stefanski to use him in those key situations. I think sometimes we forget that David Njoku was, what, just 19 years old when he was drafted and that we'd hoped that he would emerge, but we did know, I, like, I, my expectations for him were were decent but not through the roof when he first came into the league. And I just, like, I remember having this conversation with Bernie Kosar about how excited he was about David Njoku coming up from Miami and understanding, you know, the system that obviously Bernie had grown up in and 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 watching him and and how much attention uh, how much attention he had paid to the Hurricanes and and where we are to bring Njoku in and then to watch him, you know, kind of not be what I, I I don't I don't know do I want him to be Travis Kelsey do you want him to be George Kittle what I mean what should the realistic expectations be moving forward and the Browns with this contract, to me, put him in the same light or near those guys as having expectations of being a top five, top ten, Daryl, tight end in the league. I, I, What should the expectation be moving forward? Yeah, I, I mean, if they're going to pay him in that fashion, then I think it's fair for those expectations to be in that ballpark as well. And um, again, they are, I think, making a projection, not only a financial projection here, Andy, but uh, with Njoku himself. Uh, you know, his most productive season came in year two, the 2018 season. He had 56 catches for uh, just under 640 
uh, yards. He's caught four touchdowns, his career high, uh, in a season three times. Did that as a rookie, followed it up uh, his sophomore year, and then, of course, uh, this past season uh, as well. Uh, he averages around 11 yards uh, per reception. Um, he had that uh, incredible uh, catch and run for uh, a touchdown uh, last season as well uh, that went for over 80 yards. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that they need to use him the same way that Travis Kelsey is used, the way we've seen Rob Gronkowski get used. And that means uh, on uh, third downs in the red zone, finding him uh, in the back corner, the back line uh, of the end zone because of his athleticism and his physical uh, stature. Uh, So, uh, you know, fans will look at just his production numbers and they'll roll their eyes and 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 say yeah he he's not an elite player at his position and from a a production standpoint absolutely i mean you, you, you there's there's no evidence to argue <laughs> against that when you look at his numbers but my counter argument is well it's not like he's gotten a whole lot of opportunities as well and that's i think what has to change now uh, within this offense is they just they've got to feed him right they're going to feed Amari Cooper uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is going to get some uh, opportunity Anthony Schwartz in the past game David Bell you know th- those are basically going to be your your four or five guys getting the top touches in your passing game and then oh yeah we haven't even talked about using the running backs in the passing game just yet. So there are now a lot of options here uh, for Deshaun Watson. And I also think that you're now finding out why Andrew Berry didn't go out and get another veteran to play receiver because they have now committed to Njoku and has signaled that this guy is now a cornerstone piece to our offense going forward. It is interesting to look at the stats going into last year and how they're going to play into next year. Uh, you know, if if Amari Cooper takes over the Jarvis Landry spot, or you hope that he takes over more than that, Jarvis Landry had 52 receptions last year. Your next two uh, guys, uh, leaders in receptions, are Austin Hooper and David Njoku from last year. So you're, you're two and you're three as far as receptions or tight ends last year, and not wild. So we'll see how that plays out with Deshaun Watson as he's able to distribute the ball, and I believe we all think that he'll be able to distribute the ball much better than Baker Mayfield was able to. You're listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. If you like what you're hearing, remember to subscribe to the It's Always Game Day in Cleveland feed. We love having you on board. When we come back, I talked about the checkbook when the show opened. Man, how can the Browns continue, continue, continue to spend And what kind of results do those mean? What are they buying with that cash in the checkbook? All right, more of this. It's always game day in Cleveland coming up.